Welcome to the Tapehead Massacre Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm Caleb. So, just as a, uh, I guess a preface for everyone listening, who will be eventually listening, uh, this is our first, first attempt at a podcast. We've been talking about it for like a year. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, we've, we've done the whole, let's do it now, and then something happens, and then let's do it this time, but then it's like, ah. Oh, I have a really bad case of like the farts. I can't go. I can't do it. But uh, <laughs> this is our like I guess you could say haphazard attempt at a recording of our ramblings about our love of horror. So yeah, just to give you guys some insight on what this podcast is going to be about, or really what it's going to be, a lot of rambling, a lot of riffing, a lot of talking about I don't know what's ever in our heads, honestly, yeah. more than anything, and then some structure thrown in, yeah, kinda, like sprinkled. Like fairy dust I on top. It. I love but, it. Um, I guess to kind of give everybody an insight into why we're even doing this in the first place, it's not just something that was randomly pulled out of the sky for us. I think, you know, we both have talked at length at different times about, you know, how much we love horror and for the different reasons we got into horror. So I think it'd be cool to kind of just first speak about how we got into it right there's always a start to something always. there's always a start to a love of something so i think it's important to at least you know flesh that out for anyone listening to know like hey this is why we like what we like this is what we do this is just what we do this is what we do this is what we do so take it away bud i'll let you slide ah, cool. in there for yeah me. so i mean uh for me starting off for horror and movies in general uh i wasn't around when my uncle Ray owned the video shop in Alloway. Right. But uh, I knew about it and, you know, it was something that was talked about and I inherited almost everything that he had left over at the shop when they closed in 94, which was also the year I was born. So right. it was kind of just like as soon as my dad, uh, or as soon as my uncle rather, uh, closed the shop, I got all those tapes or my dad got all those tapes and it was primarily Disney it had like a ton of Disney clamshells but there was definitely like some some cool gems in there and we stored all of the VHS tapes in the same spot so when I went to pull a movie to watch I saw all of these other movies that were definitely not kid friendly right and like some of the more like at least to me they're iconic strictly because of nostalgia but I think uh like some of the tapes that we got, there was very few horror that we actually got from my uncle Ray's shop. I don't know what the uh, the type of demographic was at the video store. I mean, maybe we didn't have that many. Maybe maybe yeah. I didn't inherit as many VHS tapes that were of the horror genre because they were sold out. It's true. Maybe because like when he closed, he did. I, I know that he did like a blowout sale where he sold all of the tapes. So maybe the horror ones were the ones that sold the most, and the. Disney clamshells were all that was left over. Yeah. You or, know, you, to your credit, right? It could be like the, the demographic breakdown of like what people like. I just imagine a lot of John Wayne tapes. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> like, I, yeah. We grew up in a very uh, southern town, not although, in like the south at all. No, very northeast, actually. Yeah. We're from Jersey. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very, <laughs> yeah. Very different. It's just, if anybody's been through it, it's just this weird pocket of Jersey. Yeah. It's like, I'm walking here to. Like, well, cows and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's it to a T. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it's, it might be a mix, of, a mix of both, you know? It definitely is. So Certain towns have certain vibes. Yeah, this is true. Sure. So, I mean, in, in our chest of, of tapes, uh, I remember, like, Child's Play 2, 
we only had the sequel. We didn't have the original. So the the second one was the first one I saw out of the series. And my dad at a young age, for me, I was at at a young age when my dad was letting me see these tapes. Yeah. Um. And the '80s horror was very heavy on uh, nudity. So <laughs> yeah, I think my dad treaded on uh on on water there on hot water trying to like Smart. dip around these movies that didn't maybe have so much yeah and it's been a long time since i've seen child's play too but uh i don't remember there being that much nudity in that one but i, I could I be completely so. wrong i i, I the child's blur. play series were never really they never really resonated with me, me even either. even though that was probably one of the earlier movies that i saw it just i for me it was always like just fucking kick this doll like it's a it's a fucking, <laughs> it's a fucking doll. doll dude. Like I don't care if it's fucking supernatural. Yeah, just fucking just like, lock it away. Yeah, just come on, put it in a chest. <laughs> but I do remember seeing and and I was corrected tonight mm-hmm. was Halloween Five, the Revenge uh, of Michael yes. Myers, and yes. that was definitely one that stuck with me. And I saw Five before I saw any of the other ones. That's crazy. Two major two major horror movies. That you saw big franchises big franchises that you saw yeah like you were like it was almost like reading the end of a book yeah it was it was definitely weird but i don't think it ever like and you're like what the fuck is this little girl like why is she possessed by michael Myers? this is a weird way to segue <laughs> yeah and like i vividly remember that movie still because it was definitely like one that i saw early on that uh that sit like sat with me kind of weird you know yeah um and it's a really good film i really like that one and i know that it's definitely not the more desired of the series For sure. but i think it's a nostalgia thing also weird you pointed out two movies that the the focal point typically is on children yeah child's which, play and and then jamie yeah which is kind know. of a forgotten thing in horror for probably x amount of reasons you know i mean yeah especially in like pc culture i feel like this is that's something i'd like to like yeah, yeah i think they got the uh or it's a little bit more glossed in a way like it's a most i, I feel like they're the definitely right word, like but, you know I, I know what you're saying i mean there's definitely yeah. movies that come out now that have like it's not as hard of edges I suppose. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you have, like, uh, Linda Blair in The Exorcist, you know. Yeah. Granted, they had a stump double for the masturbation scene. Right. And, and you know, which, like, I would say was necessary. You oh, know? Yeah, 100%. But, uh, but if, you, if you put that out now, yeah, the reception yeah. would be so much different. Nope. Not happening. You know, especially for that scene. I think that scene would, like, shut it down. Quick. 100%. Yeah. There'd be article upon article upon yeah. online article. And granted, there was, like, big backlash back then, but there was, yeah. like, that whole mentality of like, well, what the fuck are you going to do about it? Yeah. And I'm granted, I'm speaking from watching videos because clearly neither you or I were around at those times. So it's kind of just more or less like reading up on things and seeing how the mentality was watching documentaries, things of that nature. Yeah. The directing was like the wild west. Yeah. According to shutter first films, specifically the twilight zone, which is if anyone's listening, watch that and like, you want some real horror. Yeah. That yeah. is some real horror. Yeah, there. yeah, for but, sure, for sure. No, I think that's very interesting, though, that you say that. It's, it's two movies that are, like, very Yeah, and those, are, those are the two that I remember just from a tape collection, but I do remember, and we were talking about this earlier, was the fact that, like, my dad had seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre at mm-hmm. the Delcy Drive-In, and, it, you know, back then there was no Google, there was no cross-referencing things, there was no, right. like, you know, fact-checking it was more or less like whatever was given to you via information of the news or a movie, 
Yep. That was real. And like for the fact that that movie opens up with like based on a true story, like my dad for his almost his entire life until, you know, I was older and Googled shit and realized that it was a compilation of stories. My dad thought that that movie was real and based on like a real cannibalistic family. Which is wild. And it's insane because you take that era and any of those movies that could have had that like element of like, hey, this was based on a true story. That's going to make people even more at edge. Oh, 100%. Like I'm sure that it fucked with so many people back then and we don't have that now. No, we're, we're definitely dulled. In a yeah. lot of ways by that. Yeah. But in some ways we're not. It depends on what, what note you're hitting, right? You know what I mean? Like, just in, in talking yeah, about, like, yeah. if we made, if they made The Exorcist and had that scene specifically now compared to then, the outrage would be much, I think, more intensified at that specific scene. Not that it wasn't then. Right. But there was other things that were also, like, the religious aspect. Yeah. Was a huge thing back then. Yeah. That people, like, flipped out about. Yeah, that was definitely a huge thing, too. Whereas now that's so challenged in yeah. so many different ways. But, you know, not to political or religious of course because that's always fun <laughs> but that's a separate ramble yeah, yeah yeah but um no i think that's yeah that, that, that there's a, those are two interesting choices and yeah I, I think like you were saying earlier like with your dad like being able to only go off a knowledge that was given via word of mouth yeah right i think that's a i think that's something that we probably both envy in some ways like being as big of horror fans as we are and growing up in the times that we've grown up in where we're kind of we don't have that. We're removed from that. Yeah, no, because it's for as sure. easy as just googling, like we've and, been doing. <laughs> and like I find myself even uh, doing this myself, where like I'll be watching a movie and I'll be on my phone. Yep. And it sucks and it hurts because I like I I, I want to pay attention more. And it's not the fact that the movie's not that interesting, but like I feel like I catch myself like especially now like yeah. being more engulfed into the genre mm-hmm. that you know within like the last couple of years like i try to look up like information about the movie so yeah. i'm watching this thing and i'm like holy shit that was a crazy kill scene right. like what was the budget for this movie and like yep what you know who would like let me get more information on this right you know so now i'm on imdb or like you know wikipedia or something like that like looking up information or trivia facts or fun things outtakes yeah. you know yeah. and it's just uh I think it probably, if, if we wanted to get into a meta discussion of, like, attention spans via generations, right, and how we are and how our parents grew up and their grandparents grew up and just how people were so much more attentive and singularly focused into what a film was, especially if they, if they were interested, right? Yeah. Whereas we can kind of simultaneously be interested in a film and also being able to, like, search the background history of things. Right. But that's also, I think, a certain personality, too, right? I don't think everybody's like that. Big time. We're very much like that because, again, I think that's what makes kind of the, the cool features of a horror movie in a lot of ways, especially, you know, old horror movies are, like, it's, like, history research. Yeah, no, it is. Ways. It is, and it's, it's, it's really cool, too, with, like, you know, um, the obsession of tapes, Mm-hmm. For me, at least, uh, is is super cool because there's a lot of movies that you would never like. There's no access to these films. Some of these films, right? Aside from a VHS tape, hundred percent, because they're not redoing all of these movies no. on Blu-ray or DVD. The ones that are demanded. You know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. like you know you have like Arrow Video that puts out like sick like gems from like the 80s or 70s and like they're definitely noted for having a uh 
you know, at least in my eyes, they're they're noted for having a a wide release of movies that they put out. Yep. You know, but at the same time, like, there's just so many tapes. Like, you know, I got shit in the mail recently that like they're not on DVD and they're not they're not on you know Blu-ray or 4K HD. No. And it's funny too because like, even getting into that co- like topic of conversation is like you know I love high def like visuals and i love seeing things in 4k and 60 frames per second 120 frames per second 100 like it's so cool like seeing such a crisp clear like audio and visual yeah but then i go from watching like a 4k movie where like i'm a snob in the sense that like you know if we rent something on like voodoo like I have to have the HD copy. Like I can't have the standard <laughs> yeah. definition copy. I'm right. like, well, fuck that. I'm just gonna yeah. pay the extra two dollars to get that high definition. Right, a little, little more crystal clear. And then the same night, I'm gonna throw in a VHS tape that looks like absolute yeah. shit on my 75 inch. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's almost yeah. You're like, how can you do that and then do that, right? But I think it also gets back to like our collection of vinyl records, in yeah. in some ways, right? It's not so much, and and partially, it's a way of maintaining a physical record of something that probably won't be mass produced in the different formats that come along. But I think also a piece of it too is have, like the physicality of it. Like yeah. I have it. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. No, for sure. And I've always been a, a sucker for having a physical copy. And I think that is yeah. like a very big division line of hoarding. <laughs> for sure. Because it's yeah. like, yeah. instead of buying the digital copy of a video game it's, that I want to play. It's healthy hoarding. <laughs> It's healthy hoarding. I like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'll buy the the fucking hard copy of the video game that I want to play. I sniff a little cocaine. I don't do it every day. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> What's well, it's funny because I, I think a lot that it has to do with is visualizing something, and I love. I can't draw to save my life, but I love artwork. Yeah, I, I love when something is done very tastefully mm-hmm. and like you know even like touching on video games for a hot second like you know there's video games that get put out that have sick covers yeah and, and then like that's almost the first thing that draws you in even yeah. if you don't know the video game like exactly. that looks sick yeah that that's sick cover you yeah. know what i mean so i'm gonna check this out when you download that onto a hard drive and you don't have that physical copy you yeah. don't get to see that like visual element that somebody definitely worked super hard at to uh, create yeah, and i feel like I, I don't know i feel like the digital copies for video games and even movies like i definitely like if i buy a new movie i'm buying the blu-ray or the 4k with the digital download right so that way i have best of both worlds i have the convenience of not having to get up and put in the physical movie mm-hmm. but i also have the hard copy so that way I can appreciate the artwork and I can have like the physical copy in my hand of that. A hundred percent. Which plays into the vinyl records. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing too in our generation that's strange that other generations can't relate to, I don't think as much, is like our formative years were on the precipice of that transition of physical to non-physical. Right? Because I can even remember as a kid talking about music in regards to CDs. I used to be... When I was a kid, I would literally, like a psychopath, sit in front of my stereo and have like the, you know, five CD changer. Oh, yeah. Where I would just like kind of like Dude, rotate I, yeah, CDs. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I would blast music. My parents were awesome that way. I could just blast music and like probably obliterate my eardrums and yeah. didn't care. And I loved yeah. every second of it. I was like engulfed by it. But part sure. of what I would do when I was listening to the music 
very similar to how we'll do research while we're watching movies, is while I'm still listening, I would actually read like the notes or the lyrics to the songs within like the actual like little booklet that came with the CD. Yeah, so that was something I did a ton of, and I always loved that. I would that. never do that, actually. No? That's really cool, and I've, I think, I think what I do is is that I try to like, and and this is with like you know, CDs mm-hmm. specifically because they have the insert. Yeah, it. I check the insert before I pop the CD in. Interesting. And, and like I'm not, I'm see. I think that's always been like the problem with me and music, like being a musician for like years now. Yeah, and like I definitely take in lyrics. Uh, and I, I pay attention to them, but I feel like if I sat down and read the inserts and actually read them along with the song, I feel like I would take in a new perspective of the song. Yeah, It is pretty tight now with Apple Music and Spotify that you can hit the lyrics tab and you can right. follow along on the song. Yep. Um, but at the same time, you lose that whole feature of having the insert when you're streaming music. Right. You don't have like the pictures, the things to look at, you know, the, 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 the designs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you don't get that. No, right. And that was something, yeah, I would actually like read it. Like I would read along with the lyrics to the song. Oh, wow. And that's how okay. I started like, because I, I can like memorize, like I can pull it out of my ass. Like I hear a note or like a word and I'm like, oh, that's that song. And then I can kind of just transition right into the flow of the lyrics. And like, I don't miss a step. Wow. A lot with the songs that I listen okay. to. Yeah, and, and, and you're, you're, see, I'm kind of envious, envious of that because there's, you know, a sense of, of, listening that you're you're taking in not listening there's a there's a sense of a a, a different experience that you're having when you do that versus what i do which is i just put in like you know i'm driving around or like when i was younger i'd put it in my walkman you know what i mean and i would pay attention to it then but i feel like my focal point when i listened to music when i was younger was always the music and never the lyrics where they were almost like secondary they were secondary for sure which is weird because i feel because I didn't come from a music background at all. I didn't also invest myself in, in, into it entirely. I always got very impatient. Like, whether it was drums, whether it was guitar. Right. Like, I'd put an hour into it and be like, well, I can't get it. I'm never going to do it. Fuck it. Right, <laughs> I'll right, just right. listen to it. Um, but even, like, when we talk sometimes, I feel like interviewer. And you're mis- you mus- like, I feel like I'm interviewing you. Because I'm like, so, like, how did you, like, uh, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah, no, and, you know I mean? and it's it's cool. Like, I always I always enjoy having like um like non musician friends to talk about music with. And honestly, dude, there's there's very few. <laughs> Oops, there's there's very honestly. I, if 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 I'm if I'm thinking correctly, and if there's anyone listening to this that is a friend of mine that isn't a musician that I talk music with, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Ty, I think you're the only person that I'm friends with that isn't a musician that I can talk music with in like in depth with. Yeah. You know, I, I think you're probably the only one, man. I mean, I feel like John, maybe. Yeah, shout out John. Yeah, yeah shout out to John. Um, you know, <laughs> we because, won't get full name. Yeah, no, nah, it's know. okay. We, we just stick with the first. Yeah, let's stick with the first. But you know, uh, yeah, there's a lot shout of Johns out to John. There. There's a lot of Johns. Yeah, but John, you know who you are. Yeah, you know, you know the real John. You know the real John. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I think yeah, John, you're definitely another one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think too, like, and how me and John get along. We're gonna talk about John for a second. <laughs> let's talk about John. Yeah, let's talk about John. But no, like him and I are very similar in the way that we like like focus in on the listening aspect of things where like 
again, as a kid being a psychopath, like I was, I was just as much engulfed in the music, but again, I was listening for the intricacies. I would like I would do weird shit where I'd watch like I was telling my parents this the other day and they're like, You're you're kinda weird. But like I would actually like focus when like a verse transitioned to a chorus. Like I would actually like compare and contrast songs where some songs would like transition from a verse to a chorus in like 40 seconds and i'm like huh like i can kind of tell right then that's gonna be a quicker song weirdly like i would like instinctively like pick up on that whereas other songs like if it was like a minute 30 a minute 40 where a verse transitioned to the first chorus that's when i was like huh okay that's interesting like they have a longer verse versus this song like that's how i started like weirdly listening to music and like being able to compare and contrast stuff which that's really cool it's so weird but like that's how i would do it i would sit for hours and do shit like that yeah that's really awesome man yeah and uh well you, while i never got like i can never read music i can not even i couldn't pick up on a fucking chord like none of that right but like certain intri- i could i was able to compare and contrast different bands and different musicians and like doing the research on them like i was like they were like i was a historian that's like what i yeah. love like i i think i've i've noticed that about you and yeah. like even just you telling me that segment right there was was definitely a completely different thing that I've ever been used to, because yeah. when I listen to music now, I mean definitely when I was like developing as a musician at a younger age, it, mm. I was doing this. But specifically now, when I listen to a song, I have a different focal point than I do now than when I did when I was younger. And yeah. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that like I'm not paying attention to transitions. I'm paying attention to the continuity of like guitar work or drum work uh, oh, versus okay. and like I'm kind of just trying to like I think what I do is when I listen to music, I visualize how they're doing it. See, I've noticed that about you. You compartment you can compartmentalize music too, where like you can actually like focus in on a specific instrument of a song. Yeah, where I'm like. You're hearing things, and I'm like, "Where is he?" Hear-? Like, I don't hear that. <laughs> like, like you listen to that bass line, and you're like, "Boom, boom, boom!" Like, you'll play the line, and I'm like, "Like, I actually have to like my eyes fucking like it's- I look like I look like I'm squinting, like I'm trying to see something far away." <laughs> and I'm like, "What is he like?" Oh wait, I picked up on it. That's so- how the fuck did he hear that? Like, I, it just sounds like almost like it's almost like a wave hitting the beach, like all at once. It's like one. For sound you. motion yeah, yeah it just whitewashes across the board where you're able to like pick out specific pieces which is probably yeah. because i mean you invested a shitload of time into music which is i'm envious of as fuck because i'm like oh i like i know probably what pat i mean anybody listening could probably relate to this where you're like i fucking love this thing but i never pursued this thing fair yeah, yeah I know because of x y and z right, right? whatever fucking excuse you could come up with but um you know for as a kid i was like i always want to be like a music historian i saw it on like the history channel and i was like that's a fucking thing like you could be a you could be a historian of music like people could just like talk about shit and i'm like that's fucking awesome yeah because my parents will never listen to me and then like talk about historians we can kind of segue into you know joe bob briggs joe bob briggs you know fucking man the horror host dude i've just realized i never even talked about how i found horror well that's where i was getting back to (laughs) which is like it's uh it's it's now your time to give us the backstory listen guys i told you we riff we riff real hard we riff yeah we, we riff big time big riffs um so yeah we talked about this caleb and i talked about this earlier before we really started you know the podcast itself which inadvertently i thought we were starting the podcast and but i was like oh we're just flowing in nice and caleb was like no nah, this is not how i started and i was like 
good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should have an intro and things. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. But um, the way I found horror, and uh, as I was telling Caleb, was um, I can vividly remember a moment. I don't know if it was in a Walmart, if it was in a Kmart, if it was, I don't know, wherever it was. Um, but seeing, I believe it was a DVD at the time because it was it was past. It was like on the precipice, probably the end of VHS sales. Like you would still see them like sprinkled in on yeah, shelves yeah, but it was yeah. predominantly dvds prior to blu-ray it was like in that weird middle um but i remember seeing halloween and we pulled the photo up but it's like the and number one correct correct halloween, first. halloween first first yeah i was not my first introduction to horror was not via a sequel which i think also set up my huge love for halloween in general but um I can remember seeing it was the night he came home. And it was the, what is that called? Where it's like the multiple still frames? Oh. Uh, What's the word for that? Yeah, that's a good question. Shout out our photographers here. Yeah, you know yeah. what that word uh, is? Because I definitely don't. Well, it's the, the, the overlap of the um, the knife, the kitchen knife but with actually, the pumpkin. With the pumpkin, yeah, yeah. With the knives actually becoming the pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, right? the, 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 the transition. Yeah, and right. it was the night he came home, and I was like, that's fucking intense, because uh, I don't, like, I don't even know what I was watching. Like, I was watching Billy Madison, I think, and I was, you know. Classic? Yeah, like, so stop looking at me, swan. Like, that's what <laughs> I was, like, watching all day. So, to see that, I'm like, that's pretty intense. And then I remember, I don't really remember the transition specifically, but I remember my parents going, like, literally audibly gasping, like, <gasps> you've never seen this movie and they're like this is so scary like this scared me as a kid and i'm like can we get it like because like as again i was telling caleb before the podcast my dad loves scaring people in multitudes of ways whether it's like jumping out at somebody whether it's coming up from coming up behind somebody and like grabbing them or you know even the like <laughs> the long slow play of watching someone like gradually gets more scared and more scared and more scared at a movie like he loves that he like gets yeah, the yeah. kick out of it yeah, which yeah, is probably cool. where i get it from too but he was like amping it up so big and i was just like oh my god like yeah. what am i about to watch and it fully delivered as a kid yeah like especially i can re i can vividly remember watching as a kid when we think jamie lee curtis kills michael myers and then yeah. he just like which it's also like physically not easy to do where he's like full laying down and then goes 90 degrees like just upper body like sits up like oh yeah it's almost like robotic and oh I was yeah like, oh shit like this dude's not dead you know yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like this dude never dies <laughs> this is problematic <laughs> yeah and I, I remember watching that and it completely like flipped what i was interested in from yeah. like an actual movie perspective and then i remember seeing that and then I remember not being scared for a while at certain movies that we they would push through. And I can't remember what those movies were at the time. But then I remember maybe like a year later seeing The Exorcist for the first time. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I'm fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is going to take a while. You know yeah. what I mean? And ever since then, I was always hooked. And like my mom always talked about as a kid, like, you know, shout out my mom. You know, I won't say names, but she would just get high and like watch movies like Sleepaway Camp, which is a movie she kept away from me. Kind of how your dad was very like specific well, on there's yeah <laughs> sleep yeah sleep away camp is yeah. a uh is is a teenager's uh paradise yep. of uh you know camping and that whole like boys and girls yeah. you know mixed camp yeah and then uh you know spoiler alert for anybody that's haven't seen yes. sleep away camp i mean it's been you know i don't know 
many many years yeah. since that movie's been Fuck out that. that's so, not a spoiler alert dude yeah. it's been from the 80s if you haven't seen it you haven't seen it yeah but. yeah so sorry. at this point sorry but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah there's a whole dick in that movie full-on dick full-on dick so i mean and i have one so it wasn't like i wouldn't know what that was but it, but like parents letting a kid see someone else's whole full dick yeah full-on problematic yeah and she sure. always kept that away from me but she also let me see return of the living dead which is like yeah, you have uh, full frontal. Uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, I'm uh, shit. Her name. She had like the Terminator uh, haircut, Quigley. but it was yeah. like red. Anna Quigley's. Uh, you had her. Uh, yeah, her, full on, full frontal. Uh, yeah, full frontal. That's a good buzzword. That was a yeah. That's that's a great uh, great yeah. movie. I love. And I remember seeing that as a kid, going like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Like, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's interesting. That's yeah. fun. Yeah, that, no, that was like I, I can vividly remember that too, but. Um, yeah, no, I think that was kind of like my send off for that, and then I kind of just investigated, much like I did music as a kid. Like I just investigated. It, oh yeah, you know. And I remember two shoutouts. AMC, I think, was like a breeding ground for any like young kid trying to fall in love with her. Yeah, you got lucky. I didn't have cable. I had fucking bunny ears. That's right. That's right. I always forget that. I always forget that. So yeah, so I had AMC and then Bravo, hundred scariest movie moments. I can shout that out as like a way that I figured figured out what movies to go to based on people's reactions to certain scenes. Yeah. Um, and I also, you know, Xfinity on demand or Comcast oh, yeah. on demand was a big thing too for like picking up horror movies. Um, and then I was always the kid who like, I would show people bands, but I'd also bring people over for like sleepovers and show people horror movies. Oh yeah. Big you know? time. So that was a fun thing for me. It was almost like my dad doing what he did to me and me doing what I did to others. Oh, right. Yeah. Big time. No, and I totally feel that. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's cool when you have, um, you know, a situation where you're experiencing horror movies at a young age and you're getting used to the genre and there's things that start setting the bar. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, so it's, it's definitely cool because you know, you're talking about how you got to see Halloween at a very young age and you got to see the first one, Yes. which then we get into why you don't like the third, which totally makes sense because you, you you have such a, I mean, granted many people argue that yeah. <laughs> Many people Ain't argue no Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> Halloween. I remember watching that as a kid on AMC, and I'm like, "What the? Fuck? I'm eating my candy on Halloween. Yeah, like, eat like nailing my Reese's or Kit Kats. Yeah. So I'm just like, You're like, where's Michael Myers? Yeah, I'm like, where is What's he? Happening? Dude? What's with this mask shit? Like, yeah. I know he has a mask, but like, yeah. this is too deep. It's over my head. Yeah. way over my head. But <laughs> I, I, I like, I forget where I was going with that. To be honest. Well, no, I mean, it's 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 basically like you were. You got sucked into the intrigued. element of Michael Myers. Yes. You didn't get sucked into the element of like Halloween as a holiday and a spooky movie. You got interested at, in Michael Myers and this whole slasher yeah. stalker thing. They which, do a great. They did like John Carpenter did a great job at like bringing you into that world. Oh yeah, big which time. I think anybody would agree with. I and and obvious, oh yeah, big but, time. And I mean, like he is he is a fucking like mastermind with classics yeah and as far as I mean? scores are concerned like that's the first movie you can really point oh, to and yeah. go like that backing score oh to the yeah movie is 
is just as much as what people remember as Michael Myers himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's They're the almost thing. synonymous with one another. They, that's You took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. literally what it is, man. I mean, you hear that like, do 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 and you're just like, yeah. fucking Michael Myers is about to happen, dude. Yep. And that's the whole thing where you got stuck with Halloween as a title was, mm-hmm. was uh, attached to Michael Myers. Where right. me, seeing the fifth you know, Revenge of Michael Myers. Right. I did get attached to the element of Michael Myers as a slasher and as a horror movie, but right. I'll be honest, dude, I probably only saw three, Season of the Witch, like maybe two years ago, maybe three years ago. Right. I was like 11, and yeah. I'm like, why is there no mask with the knife? Like, right, why right. is he not stabbing nobody? Right. Where is he? And like me, I'm like, well, I already know. From I don't know like why I went near hearing around about- that either. <laughs> <laughs> I did. A very bad impersonation, too, for that matter. Hey, but- come on, guy. <laughs> fucking walking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that either, but yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the whole thing, man. It's, it's, it's cool because, uh, you know, when I watched it, it was later on. And this brings yeah. into another topic of conversation, which is seeing movies that terrorized kids when they first came out and gave them a phobia of, you know, something. Right. And seeing that at a young age could create a phobia of whatever was in that movie. So for instance, uh, you know, a a hard hitter would be, that would be with it, you know, you know, Stephen King's it, you know, and Mm -hmm. Pennywise the clown, like scaring the fuck out of kids you know, and they're like, clowns are fucking scary, and clowns were associated with children's birthday parties. Right. And, and you know, and that was the thing, you had a clown, and like, you know, carnivals were these clowns, yep. whereas this movie completely twisted reality into being like, oh, these fucking things are going to kill me. Like, yeah. clowns are out to get little kids like me. Yep. And for me, what did that for me was I, this is something that's been engraved into my 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 you know, my memory yeah. has been walking in on my, I think it was my oldest sister and my older brother and they were watching arachnophobia. <laughs> oh yeah. Which like early 2000s. That's I think late, late 90s. Late 90s. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's got fucking, you know, Jeff Daniels in it, which is like, you know, yeah. dumb and dumber, which so, I had seen at that point in my life. Now I can't give you a timeline when I saw this, Right, and I didn't even see the whole movie. I remember they were watching it, and they were much older than me. Mm-hmm. And it's really not even like it's not a gory movie. It's not it, it. It's not even really like watching it like later in life. It's not even a scary movie. But as a kid, it's almost like Tremors. Again, another thing that could make you scared of like the desert and right. like you know fuck you're out here in this desolate land and you have these things that are just like fucking underground that are going to come out and fucking eat you right you know so that's an a, that could be considered another thing that would create a phobia but i think tremors was like late 90s early 2000s yeah i think it so was so that would really have yeah. to have bothered a generation that's after us yeah and again i think at that point there was more like uh our older generation yeah, us. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, like, and that's the thing. I, it, arachnophobia for me was insane because the scene that I walked in on was the scene. I can't remember which actor it was and, and exactly how it went because I haven't really seen the movie in a while. Um, but like this, like it's the spiders coming in through the windows and there's thousands of them. Yeah. And I remember yep. seeing that and like, 
I always thought like spiders were weird as a kid. Yeah. But this really fucking set it in like concrete for me that these things were terrifying and I'm still scared of spiders. Okay. What just happened? I was just getting ready to bring up (laughs) AKA what just happened inside. We were bringing inside the microphones and uh, I opened up my hatch and uh, pretty much like a man spider. Like a, a full blown. I walked into a spider web and I'm like, ah, whatever. And just then like I looked Stefani. over and <laughs> just <laughs> like, and you were going to leave a message and call me back and then got <laughs> mutilated by a spider. Well, I fucking look over my shoulder and there's like this fucking Goliath of a spider and I was done for. So I had to move the car. Yeah. Like half dollar size guys. Like yeah, think about it that was... way, which basically means that it was like a human size spider in our opinion yeah i don't i don't want anything to do with that also speaking of extras we talked about it on the ride here prior to the spider incident let me know let me know in the comments no um <laughs> let me know drop an f in the chat yeah 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 um but one of the greatest scenes of the exorcist me and my mom always talk about it like weirdly always it can, somehow it'll get brought up in conversation every once in a while but i believe it was cut out of the uh, the original movie was when um Oh my god, why am I blanking on her name? Her actual name, not oh, Regan. But Linda Blair. Linda Blair, thank you. Um, when she contorts, because that's always like a cool thing in horror that people try to bring out, which is it's pretty typical in horror. Yeah, we were talking about that. Like Contortion is, is definitely scary. Yeah, 100%. But one of the scenes is like when she's... And I can't remember like the lead up to it, but I vividly remember, because it's been a while since I've seen The well, Exorcist. But it, isn't it the scene where like they left the her coming down and pissing herself? Isn't it that? I think it was that. I think it was the moments leading up to that. She comes down the stairs and she's contorted. I think that was the yeah. the, the, the cut scene. Because it's like her head is like facing upwards, but her whole body is like she's almost doing an arch. Well, it's essentially what the ring took off of. Right. And yeah. she's like crawling down the steps and like, and it's like one of those like, I, I don't know what you call it in like a filmography sense, like a cinematography standpoint, because I'm not that guy. Um, oh, shout out to Kate. It will soon be on this podcast. She just let us know that uh, Linda Blair did break her back during this scene. Specifically, I think it's on the bed when they're like literally. She's oh like yeah, yeah. Thrown up back we, and forth. Uh, up and down, I up just watched we uh, Nikki and I watched the uh, the cursed films episode of The Exorcist. Yeah, we just we just and watched that like two she, weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, she had uh, a severe back injury um, from that scene. Yeah, because like there, she was in like this like harness, and it was like Ugh. like violently jerking her around, and like she did su- like she did suffer an injury from that. Yeah, which is wild. Which is wild, yeah. And I mean, she was super young when filming, like that. eleven, twelve. Something yeah, like that. very, That's very young. Very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you remember that, but yeah, it's, and then she crawls upside down, like in an arch. But it's one of those like quick time, like it almost like looks sped up. You know what I mean? Whoops. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that like freaked us the fuck out. We were like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, that's not normal. Even though nothing about that movie is normal, but that one like got us. That was always a, a movie for me when I watched it. That was very, and I, I can't remember if I saw it when I was younger or not. Uh, but it definitely was, I mean, it's slow as fuck. That it, movie is yeah. insanely slow. It's got like, but I think that led for like. You had character development in that, which I feel like in most, I, I, not in major motion pictures, but in, in your, I wouldn't say B-rated movies, because definitely B-rated movies, like your B-hars, you know, yeah. those are, 
the acting is pretty much piss poor and you're just hoping for you know good gore or like you know scare. something crazy yeah. like that yeah but uh I feel like The Exorcist definitely like gave you character development. It gave a oh, plot yeah. early on, and there was a huge development in like you know Reagan as a child, yep. and uh, you know the parents and what they went through. And then I can't remember the demon's name that uh, is Pazuzu. Pazuzu, thank it was you. T- tattooed on Kate's arm. Oh, that's right. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Which is part of the reason it was supposedly cursed because they made Pazuzu. Much bigger than it's than actual it's supposed to be because yeah. it's supposed to be a like necklace, like right. small type piece, which apparently intensifies the the possession. Yes, yeah. So that's why I was able to take the form of a human. Which I'm like, why did you get that tattoo? Your perspective for sure. Also, I'd like to mention, as in full transparency, because I'm a transparent guy. Um, I would say deep cut wise, especially for the like you know listeners listening that like are really into the deep cut horror movies it's not my bread and butter you know so there's gonna be a lot of movies i think throughout this that i probably have not seen so for me this is just like a learning experience as well and and i'm not even gonna front is that the fact that i've been collecting vhs tapes for several years now and kind of inadvertently collecting like i talked about in the beginning of the episode where i inherited a fuck ton of tapes and granted most of them were disney flicks that i played to the tape expired you know what i mean yeah but uh it kind of instilled that like thing in me that I enjoyed being able to physically hold something and put it into a player and watch it. Yeah. So that's kind of led into my obsession with VHS tapes and getting into the movies that I'm into. Uh, I have a very broad spectrum of what I like in terms of horror of the sub sub genres. Yeah. So with, Movies that I have seen and haven't seen, I mean, there's a, I mean, fucking nobody's ever seen every movie ever. So that's just the thing, yeah. you know, but, uh, good call for me as well. I'm also getting into super deep cuts as well right now. And I am in a few groups on Facebook and we have an Instagram and I've been following some peeps on there. Yes. And it's very Ooh, cool. Couple shout outs. Let's do it. One. Kate's going to have to remind me. Kate. Who's the Instagram guy that's giving us all these tapes? Oh, yes. EHS Buy and Rentals. Yes. Is it EHS Buy and Rental? I'm going to get the actual tag here. I'm going to get the actual tag here. Let's not fuck this up. All right. Yeah. Shout out EHS Buy or Rentals. We actually just won his giveaway. I think, I believe, I believe he's giving us VHS pretty much the entire Friday the 13th saga series on VHS and DVD. We're also getting Cannibal Holocaust bootleg on VHS, um, kind of like a limited edition, special edition Sleepaway Camp on DVD, which also brings me into our next shout out, I should say, between especially considering Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp. Caleb, I don't know if you want to shout it out. Go ahead, man. This was your idea to begin with, too. So so. shout out to the Mahoning Drive-In, if I'm saying that properly. I'm trying to say it as I can read it. Uh, So... I have never attended an event at Mahoning, but I've wanted to for a few years now. It is quite a hike, and I just haven't had anyone to really go with. And coming to find out that there are friends that do attend their events frequently. They have a VHS Fest every year, and they brought back their fourth now anniversary of Camp Blood. So we will be attending Camp oh, yeah. Blood this year. Oh yeah. 
we will be there for the entirety and yes. it's going to be sick they're yeah. showing a fuck ton of awesome movies yep. uh, a few of which either of us have never seen which is super awesome and yeah. we're holding out on watching them yeah. until we get there so don't fucking recommend it yeah i'm not gonna watch it yeah we're gonna wait all right so we get real aggressive with our listeners because we were trying to make this list for the wheel and some of the films that we're gonna go into this list i'm like well it's playing at camp blood oh that's also playing at camp blood it's we can't add these to the list because we gotta wait to watch these for yeah. the first time and i think what's cool and part of like the feel for it is the whole nostalgic big move. time and i think when you combine watching a movie that's two three four decades old at a drive-in theater, yeah, it's that, just, that just brings it all together. Oh for yeah, me, big time. Personally. And plus, all of these films are going to be showed on 35 millimeter. Which Caleb had to tell me what that meant. And I was like, <laughs> That's crazy, dude. 35. Yeah, <laughs> what's it's, that about? It's pretty, pretty sick. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. But uh, without further ado, oh yeah, let's spin this fucking wheel. All right, and the results are in next week. You ready, Ty? Get you ready? Because he can't see this. this I is can't. An app. Yeah. So next week we will be watching the 1984 classic Ghoulies. What a start! Jonathan is having a housewarming party. Whoa! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. <laughs> yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah, it's a trip. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. Yod he, bow he. Yod he, bow he. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Hey, knock it off. That was fun. No, no, wait. I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? Upstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. <laughs> they have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. Wake up the neighbors. What the hell's in there? And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a screamer. <laughs> Goons, once they show up, you can never get rid of them. <laughs> Goons. They'll get you in the end. It's uh, it's that's fucking awesome. It's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool. We're gonna be going off on a fucking comedy horror creature feature. I'm excited. Yeah, that's actually interesting. So yeah, I've never seen Ghoulies. I have no idea. Honestly, cool, cool. Never seen it. Never yeah, seen I it. uh, I tried to sit down with Nikki and watch it, and she was not interested. So no, it didn't go very far. All right, well, Kate and I are gonna. I think we can both. Inv- I think simultaneously, Kate and I can invest. It's also like the mac and cheese, like the the Mandy. Or the, oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah like, Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin. Cheddar Goblin. Yes. I feel like that uh, that the director kind of got that uh, little image from. Uh, so uh, have you ghoulies. seen? Have you seen Ghoulies? So I've seen the first one. Okay. 
So I have not seen the sequels. I know we're there probably going to... two or three more. Holy shit. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I wow. feel like I've I feel like there's four. I feel like there's four. We're gonna we're gonna confirm this real quick. Is it quick. closely related to anything? Like with is it is like in that genre? You know what I mean? Okay, so basically is it like a Gremlins. Uh yeah. So it's uh, it's adult Gremlins. Or shout um, out childhood small soldiers. Yo, small soldiers, dude. Yeah, deep cut. Fuck, dude. Small soldiers was my jam, dude. dude. I love that fucking movie. That was uh, what what was the uh, what was the 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 tribe? What were they called? The uh, (sighs) the commando elite. That's it. And the gorgonites. Gorgonites. The gorgonites, dude. Yeah, Yeah. dude. I love the gorgonites. They were peaceful. I am Archer. Leader of the Gorgonites. <laughs> That's right. Dude. That was it, dude. Wow. Oh. I, th- I feel like I just like went in a vortex dude, backwards. I did. And I just got shot out there. Well, we might also be. Well, yeah, David Cross is in this. This ridiculous, goofy man. That is he's, David Cross in Small Soldiers. Yeah, dude. He's the. Uh, he's like the IT guy that makes the chip. That's and he's like right. the sales. Oh no, he doesn't make the chip. Maybe he does. I, I can't remember if he's like the sale. I think he's the salesman. I feel like as a kid, I had a crush on the female. Small oh, the uh, Kirsten Dunst. Oh, on the female small soldier, like the no, 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 no not the actual. You mean Kirsten like, Dunst? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, not yeah the, that totally makes sense, not dude. Not the fucking actual soldier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, without uh, without any more talking and rambling and jazzing and riffing, we're gonna uh, we're gonna cut it here. Fucking and, end this uh, thing. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, find us on Instagram at Tapehead Massacre. Uh, oh yes. Yeah spelled exactly like this podcast uh you'll be able to yeah. find this on whatever podcast format you're using now and if you have friends tell them about us yeah shout us out rate review subscribe on whatever platform that you are currently listening to us on and yeah. we will catch you guys next week deuces y'all thank you later <laughs>